Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Tez My Best Teacher podcast with me, Dan Worth. Today's guest is rock star and TV presenter Ricky Wilson, best known as lead singer of Kaiser Chiefs and for being a judge on TV show The Voice. He also has his own art show out now on CBBC called Ricky Wilson's Art Jam. He spoke to Tez about his favourite teacher and how she helped him develop as an artist. And when she taught me how to do it right, it was if someone taught me a magic trick. Why he can still remember every name on his class register. Anderson Aitak, Colin Cook, Dawson Dilks, Doig Dye, Gardner Gibson, Gillis. Right, isn't that weird? And tells us about one of the strangest punishments from a teacher you'll ever hear. I had to eat a scotch egg. All that and lots more on the Tez My Best Teacher podcast. Hi, Ricky. Welcome to the Tez My Best Teacher podcast. Great to chat with you. Um, Hello. How are you doing today? I'm really good today. It's another day in lockdown and uh, enjoying it. Um, I know it, I know that's not the right thing to say because there's a lot of problems in the world and people are really suffering. But it's nice sometimes to take a breather from even doing something that you really love mm. uh, so that you can go back and appreciate it even more. Yeah, that's very true. And, and hopefully people listen to this podcast. This is a bit of time out in their busy day to, to unwind for half an hour and have a good old chat about your school days. So why don't we start by hearing about where did you, your first school, your primary school, where was that? And again, do you have good memories of that school? Crikey. Uh, it's a long time ago now. Uh, my first school was called Gilroyd and it was in Ilkley. Mm-hmm. And my, I have a few memories. I know that we wore stripy blazers. Right. Um, now, I didn't like the stripy blazers then and uh, you, you had to wear them. And then it's ironic that about or oh, 20 years later, I made it in a pop career wearing stripy blazers. <laughs> um, so it all came around and uh, then I started really enjoying wearing them. So, you know, the grass is always greener uh, on the other side. And I didn't realise at the time how uh, how much I enjoyed wearing them. Uh, yeah, um, it was in Ilkley, which is in the north of England. And um, I had a, I think I had a really good time. I was always average, halfway up or halfway down the table of where you were in the class, how good mm. you were doing, how well you were doing, um, which is kind of, I was I was okay with that. That was really good. I didn't really want to get noticed, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I always thought that the people that were getting noticed were uh, the naughty ones or, um, or the really clever ones, and I didn't really want to be a really clever kid. I was good at art, mm. and I was in the top two for that but um you know i think that very early on i started pointing my uh, attention towards the art department uh, and uh yeah i don't think it made the rest of the lessons suffer it's just that i um i knew what i wanted to do which mm. was be creative yeah and was there a teacher there within that within the primary school who sort of really helped you with that or that you remember like that, that he or she was particularly sort of really good at you know making art fun and engaging or something like that i don't remember any of the names and that's really bad but i do remember having one teacher and i can't remember his name but he was extremely strict Hmm. and i was terrified of him (laughs) um and uh you you weren't allowed in the in the classroom at lunchtime even if the weather was really really bad i sound like i grew up in victorian times (laughs) but um i can remember once going in and hiding in there because it was really raining mm. and being really told off and having to go stand outside but that was uh that's a real vivid memory for me now yeah um 
and uh, I don't remember much more about it. I, I, it's really bad that I read lots of people's autobiographies hmm. where they talk about their school times with such clarity and in-depth memories, and I always think, were they were they jotting it down at the time? Because I can't remember hardly anything. I remember specific things, and I remember specific smells. Uh, there was one thing, and it was it, this is weird that I we used to have for lunch, kind of meatballs, hmm. and I remember there was a specific smell to it, and it's only recently that uh, we were doing a recipe, me and my uh, girlfriend, and uh, we had to put caraway seeds in it, and I smelt the caraway seeds, hmm. and I hadn't smelt them in I don't know a long time, and it just took me right back to that you know queuing up for lunch. Yeah, um, but that's that is so that's. That's a specific memory. I remember one painting I did in particular. Yeah. And everyone had to draw a picture of themselves. And I got told off. Do you remember when you get told off, don't yeah. you? <laughs> I got told off for um, doing a, a, por- a, a, it was a portrait, but everyone else did their face on and I did a profile, the side of my head. Oh, right. And uh, I, I really don't know why I did it, but I got told off. But... It seems a bit weird, but now I'm thinking that, you know, that was me just thinking outside of the box. Yeah. Not really understanding the brief, but then I didn't get it wrong, but I didn't get it right. Yeah, what a sort of creative which, interpretation of the brief. which Yeah, which is kind of art in a nutshell, really. Mm, it is. Not getting it wrong and not getting it right, because there is no wrong in art, really. Mm. Yeah, well, obviously, we're going to talk about art in a little bit, and that's obviously mm. one of the sort of a really core cool messages, isn't it, of, bit of art and creativity. But lovely memory, then, in the way that you talk about the smell reminds you of school lunches, because mm. like I say, those things are so evocative, aren't you? And the smallest thing can, can set that off. But um, so if we move on from primary school, of which memories are there, but hazy. hazy. Is, hazy. is secondary school a little bit clearer in your mind? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, then I went to uh, follow my brother up to uh, Leeds Grammar School mm. um, in Leeds. And he was very clever. Um, I think he even got in on a scholarship. And uh, and I followed, not on a scholarship. Um, but they were very kind to me. And uh, it was, it, it's funny because, I, you know, I, I found school very difficult mm. because I, 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 it was quite relentless. You start at 9.30 in the morning, you don't finish till 3.30 and you're, you know, rattled around inside the building, going to different rooms to learn different things. And I found that quite difficult. Mm. And what I, and my uh, entire week was uh, centered around the art lessons because I saw them as being a, something that was the one thing that gave me a bit of freedom that I didn't feel as if uh, it, it was a chore. I even preferred them to, to break times, mm. art lessons. And um, once you find something that you can grab onto like that, I think it's really good to to follow it because if you enjoy it and it doesn't feel like work, well, it's not work, is it? Mm. And I've spent the rest of my life following that. And uh, even my dad said to me once um, that he's never met anyone that uh, worked so hard at not getting a job. <laughs> um, I've always had a job, but I've worked very hard at making it something that I can uh, I can do with ease, or that I really enjoy. Talking about art there at school, then at the secondary school again, was that 
were you drawn to art? Obviously, well, obviously you were drawn to art anyway. But again, did the, was there a teacher in the art department who again really spotted that and you and drew out, drew out more of your abilities and your talent? There was one teacher in particular, Mrs. Hartshorn, and uh, she was great. Um, she wasn't, you know, an easy teacher. She didn't like make it um, tell you everything was brilliant. Mm. In fact, she was the opposite. She kind of tell you when you did things wrong, and that's kind of what I needed at that time because I was moving from a part part of being just expressing myself and um doing what i wanted to uh when it the, the point in art where there are rules and things about learning about color theory and perspective and things like that which are all great things to learn and it was it wasn't until later on that i found the importance sometimes it's really important especially in art to learn all the rules in order that you can break them properly. Mm. So when you do decide to ignore perspective or go off um, the usual track with using colour, you can use them to your advantage. Mm. And uh, so he taught me all the basics about colour and perspective. And, uh, you know, I remember once drawing a door, an open door, that was your homework. And I did it wrong. And when she taught me how to do it right, it was if someone taught me a magic trick. Because, hmm. you know, translating what you see from your eyes to a piece of paper is, um, it was it was like, a, it was, it opened doors for me. <laughs> it made, uh, in my in my head, and made me realise that um, uh, anything was possible with art. Hmm. And that was great. And that's interesting, is it, that you said it? In some ways, it was the rules of art. Even though we, earlier we sort of said there are no rules to mm. creativity now, but but in some ways we also acknowledge that there are. And like you said, you you learn the rules to break them. So she must have been particularly good at being able to sort of get you to see that and and buy into that, and not just think, no, no, I'm doing my own thing. But actually think, okay, I'm, I've got it wrong, but I'm learning through getting it wrong, and I'm, I appreciate that. Yeah, she was excellent at that, and um, and it's it's really weird because although I loved art because I found it easy, as soon as I started, it started to challenge me. I started to enjoy it even more, mm. which was something I didn't expect because you think that, you know, you, usually when things get too hard, people give up. But with art, because I enjoyed it so much, when things got hard, I it spurred me on and made mm. me want to be better at it, which was great. And she was in, integral to that, really important. More widely on school then, I mean, you said you didn't enjoy a lot of it, but was there anything else that you did do? Like, again, obviously, feel like I have to ask music. Was there good music provision? Did yeah. you do a lot of music? Um, you know, it was um, the, it was good music because there was lots of things you could do after school and part of school. And we a lot of competitions, hmm. and uh, I remember one in particular, which was uh, our school was a bit. It wasn't like Hogwarts, but you had split up into different houses, and there weren't four. I think there were eight houses at our school, different. Uh, you know, you did stuff with them. And every year there was a, a house music competition. One of those things was a house choir, and you had to get a group of people to sing a song mm. at an event, two songs actually. And then I wanted to be uh, the conductor. Now, I can't read music, and that is a very important part of being a conductor. But I thought to myself, if I can just get them to sing the song really well in practice, and I stand in front of them waving my arms around and wearing a very impressive pair of trousers, that should be enough to get the judges to think that uh, I'm a great conductor. And sure enough, 
all the other conductors were head down reading the music, trying to get the conducting right. And I went out there, you know, shuffled my music, put it on the stand, put my hands in the air, started the song, and uh, didn't know what I was doing, but waved my hands around a lot, and uh, and won best conductor <laughs> um, without without reading a, a, a note of music. But I won it two years running. Wow, that's brilliant. I know. So, so the second time around, you you just thought it worked perfectly. Don't don't need to learn anything again. Do the same thing, and it yeah. worked again. And that was me sticking my head above the uh, the wall to say that was the most I was uh, attention seeking at school. I, I waited until I went to university before I really came out of my shell. Hmm. Uh, at school, I kind of enjoyed being in the background, watching what was going on, seeing how to interact with people. And then when I went to university, suddenly I realized that, um, you know, you can be, it was quite late to this because a lot of people realize this early on, you can be whoever you really want to be. Hmm. And, uh, and you don't have to kind of like, you know, keep your head down so much. So when I went to university, I, I kind of made a decision that uh, I was going to enjoy myself a lot more. And I threw myself into a lot more things and got mm. into bands and uh, made, started making music and really enjoyed my time there doing whatever I wanted to do. Mm. And, and the weird thing about that is it sounds like when you say doing whatever you want to do that you weren't very good at being a student. But... Uh, the, the odd thing was, I was in, you could come and go as you pleased because it was an art university. You could mm. come in at whatever time and leave whatever time. But I was always there in the morning, first thing, and I'd be the last one to leave because I enjoyed being there so much and and the freedom to do whatever you wanted to do. And I was learning graphic design, which is a form of art, um, but pushing it to an extent that was... I must have been really annoying at university. At one point, I handed in the one of our assignments, which is about graphic design, which is, you know, a visual art. Mm. I handed in a radio play. <laughs> and then I had to go and see the head of the year. And then we spent two hours with me trying to um, uh, convince them that it was graphic design. And it was the two-hour conversation which gave me a top mark for that. You know, I got a, oh, I got right. a first. So, oh, um, it, but it was the it was the it was the argument rather than the uh, yeah. the actual thing that got me the the, the thing, and I I loved that about university, and, and a lot of that was due to a teacher there I had called John Ross, mm. and he was a very eccentric character, still is. He's a painter. Um, he doesn't teach anymore, um, and he kind of taught me that within the world of art, as long as it's creating. Your um, it's uh, it, it, it's valid, hmm. and uh, he, he kind of showed me you can do whatever you want to do, and that was pretty much how the band was born, because I felt that was the <laughs> the best way to express myself and reach as many people as possible at the same time. Yeah, it's it's think- a lot it's a lot harder to get your own art show, uh, than to put on a show in a in a in a pub or something and hmm. play music. Right, yeah. And do you think then would there be do you think there'd have been teachers at your secondary school who when you they suddenly realised you were fronting a, you know, chart topping rock and roll band were thinking, hang on a minute, is that the same pupil who was quiet and, you know, in the back of my after my physics class or something like that? 
Yeah, that is a strange one because you know I've I've heard from because I'm still my best friend Craig from school is still my best friend and um, he 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 lives up north and he sometimes hears stuff from school and the perception of me when I was at school now is that I was kind of like I am now that I was loud and a mm. show off and you know swinging from the light fittings and and being and singing songs all the time and that's how people remember me but the that's not how I was. Mm. So it's kind of changed. It's rewritten history, what I do now, about how I actually was at school. Because I don't think you would have noticed me mm. if, you know, yeah. at the time. So no sort of wild detentions or anything like that. That's no. not, but that's been sort of retrofitted into like, oh, well, he must have been like that because he became a rock and roll star. So Not at all. Kept <laughs> my head down. I'm, fr- I'm friends on, uh, on, on social media with one of my old teachers, my mm. French teacher. Mm. Um, she went on to write a very famous book um, and she's an author, and she wrote a book called Chocolat, oh, yeah. which was made into a film. Yes. Uh, Joanne Harris, sorry, Mrs. Harris. And um, uh, I'm friends with her on, on Twitter now. So I'd like to, I'd like to find out what, how she remembers me, if, if at all, from then. Because mm. I, was, I was very quiet, very pale, uh, not too tall, not too short, not too messy, not too neat, somewhere in the middle. Um, we've talked about art a lot, so let's. Um, it's something obviously very exciting that your own art show is now out and on TV mm. as part of CBBC, the uh, mm. Ricky Wilson Art Jam, which is a great title. Um, you know why? Obviously, you're clearly very you know, passionate about art. It's clearly a through line in your life. So obviously, this must be a great opportunity, something you've always wanted to do. And now, I guess, is a particularly good time to remind children of the importance of art, creativity, and why it can be so good for for us, particularly during tough times. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You summed it up. I don't have to carry on. No, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's great for me because when I was growing up, the kind of on TV, um, the the art shows were really important to me, and I and taught me quite a lot. And they were my heroes, you know, like Neil Buchanan and mm. Tony Hart and um, uh, etc. And um, I really loved it. And given the opportunity to do it myself, I thought, well, this is fantastic. And um, you know, I'm not, I, I I don't want to come across negative or anyway, but there are very important subjects at school, such as maths and English, which are the cornerstones, which mm. we have to learn. And sometimes the art department can get left behind a bit with funding and such because it's it not as deemed as crucial for growing up. Um, whereas I would argue that for me, it was the most crucial thing and probably the only thing that kept me interested in everything that surrounded it, such mm. as math and English and science and what have you. And, um, and also that respite from work that was all about, it was really rule-based to work that, I know we talked there are rules of art, mm. but they're, they're bendable, uh, to a place where you could just express yourself freely. And um, that and maybe creative writing but even to do creative writing you have to know where to put all the full stops and the commas um so i uh i really loved making marks and i still love making marks and that's what it 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 all hinges around for me it's you walk into it i just find it so magical that you can walk into a room with nothing and come out with something that's worth something whether mm. you know it's worth something to you your parents even monetary value 
it's magical and it's the same exactly the same as being in a band the, the five of us walk into a room with nothing and we come out with a song hmm. which could change our lives and that's what i love about art and that's what i'm trying to get across is that what you create is worth something hmm. and uh and also fantastic for for me anyway for, for relaxation and even when it gets tough even when you think to yourself you're messing it up and you're making it worse it, it, it's all a process hmm. you know, I, which i which i really enjoy to this day yeah well there's another and there's i mean i watched the episode of nick grimshaw and there's obviously mm. i'm presuming it's the same each show but there's a lovely way that you sort of get them to bring in art that meant something to them and then create something based on that and again it's i can imagine for young young children that's a nice thing to see and they might be inspired to go off and make a piece of art for someone close to them you know that they think represents them that seems like a nice sort of idea did that something that how did you come up with that as a sort of basis for the show well i mean still to this very day i'm i'm not that young anymore and still my mum and dad much prefer it when i make them a present to when i buy them Mm, a present yeah um because you know there's thought gone into it even with birthday cards um i'm not trying to destroy the card industry in any way (laughs) but um people do love a handmade card Mm. and i love getting a handmade card and i think it's 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 fantastic because it it shows, even if it's just a scribble on a piece of A4 paper um, folded in half, it, it does mean a lot more. Because, you know, last year, me and my girlfriend uh, on Valentine's Day bought each other exactly the same card. And although that seems quite nice, it kind of shows that, well, was there enough thought that went into it? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I do think that, you know, when I talk about the worst thing, I'm not always talking about monetary value and talking mm. about the actual yeah. you know and from you know memories point of view you don't throw away a handmade card no i think you're right i think the i think the card industry does need bringing down a peg or two and i think the <laughs> way to do that is by my <laughs> is by making her own cards and my, my wife you know she she's very artistic and creative she makes a lot of cards and, and actually yeah puts me to shame because i'll get this lovely handmade you know card illustrations and i've yeah gone to the shops and bought one and i have on occasion up my game and done it but but yeah, but you're right. The ones you keep, the ones that you couldn't dare throw away, are the mm. ones that have been made for you, right? You you happily pass on them to the bin eventually, you know, an old card, but a made one is special. Isn't mm. it? I think that's a nice Very special. One. I mean, I've still got a drawer right here. You can hear it, which oh, yeah. is the drawer that um, I keep everything that Grace has ever given me mm. in it. So that's nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I don't think she'll listen to this, but she's not the greatest artist in the world, which somehow makes it better for me because hmm. it, it's even more of an effort for her <laughs> especially when i'm so fantastic at art <laughs> to give me something she, it, it, I'm, I'm joking by the way yeah i'm amazing at art. <laughs> um well i did enjoy in the first episode when you when you made the um the item for, for nick and i was sort of watching thinking this is okay this is interesting and then you you finish off by spraying it and then it really came to life and again yeah. it shows that creative process doesn't it that like there's little touches little touches and then suddenly the finished item and it really sort of Oh, wow. Yeah, it looked great. Well, the truth about all of the things that we make on the show um, is that uh, when we start the day, I thought that I'd have it be like an old fashioned kids TV kind of thing where I'd have something made in various stages and I'd just wheel them on in front of me and go, and now down do this and now do that and everything would be sorted out. But most of the days we did in the morning, I didn't know what I was going to make. And then I had to figure out what I was going to make for Nick Grimshaw or, or you know, Nadine Coyle or whoever. And then by the end of, by lunchtime, I had to have it finished. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, I had uh, uh, my, my uh, management assistant, Charlie, when the Nick Grimshaw won. I won't give away what it is, mm. but that the morning of that, I had him going around every charity shop in the area trying to f- buy toys because yeah. I'd had this idea. And uh, he had to he had to run around buying loads of toys, and um, and uh, Nick even joked about it because I said that all the things on it were relevant to him, and then he went, "Oh look, there's my dinosaur." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, that's not that that just filled in a really nice space <laughs> on, the, on the sculpture." Yeah, no, it's it's, it's good. I'm sure any any um, teachers or parents listening, I think it's a great show to for young children to watch. And like I said, that 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 item you make, I think particularly like. Um, you could imagine how that would inspire a young person to think, oh, I want to do that, you know, and get something and get all these crazy things and stick them all together and, and then something yeah, and so, takes life. And something that you can do together as well with, mm. your, with your parents, you know, that's important. There's loads of things that I try and get in each each make, let's call them. Whereas, you know, I'd, li- I'd like it to be collaborative. I'd like it to teach you something. I'd like it to be some kind of take home about, a, you know, an, a- an actual, you know, something... It is you do learn in art about color theory or something like that. Mm. So I, I do like to put in those kind of genuine pieces of teaching, but yeah. hide them. It's like hiding, you know, carrots in a bolognese. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way. That's a good way of putting it. Um, excellent. Well, that's that's Ricky Wilson's art jam. That's available sort of now for quite a few episodes on CBBC. So um, definitely worth checking out. Now, it's become a bit of a, um, a tradition on this podcast quite quickly that I sort of end usually by asking guests about school trips because they always are a very good ground for funny stories and, and sort of craziness and shenanigans and so forth. Any good school trips of that nature in the UK or abroad that you think you remember think, well, that, that, was, a, that was a laugh? Once every two years, um, it was compulsory for every class to go to a place and I couldn't tell you where it is even. <laughs> it was miles away. It was like a three-hour drive. Right. And it was a place called Waternock. And we dreaded it. And it was a, a house in the middle of nowhere hmm. where there was no heating and just a load of bunk beds. And it was supposed to be a like a, a, a theme bin building exercise or something like that or to make you more of a man. I don't know. It was a, it was a boys' school. Right. And you'd go and you'd sleep in bunk beds and then go on hikes. And uh, it was, lit, you know, it was, it was like the Euros, but you didn't look forward to it. So... <laughs> Uh, it had to happen every two years. And if someone got out of it, they had to go the next year. And that'd be worse because you'd be going with a class you didn't know. Right. So you, you, you just went and you, and you had to do everything. You had to make the dinner, clean it, do all that. And it was just, it was like a barn with bulbers mm. and it was freezing. And then the culmination of that, when you got to certain age, was you went on a night hike uh, where you set off and you followed coordinates on a map and had to find your way back. Look by, but also stopping at kind of five checkpoints. Hmm. I'm making up five. I can't remember how it was. And uh, me, Jeremy Gillis, and David Harrison. It's funny how you remember names, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> no, I can still remember my class. Um, what's the word? Register to this day. Anderson, Atat, Colin Cook, Dawson, Dilks, Doig, Dye, Gardner, Gibson, Gillis. Right? Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's it's just incredible. In there. <laughs> can't remember much else. Um, uh, ending in uh, Wilkinson Wilson, Wilson Wasco. I wasn't the last in class. Ben Wasco was. Uh, anyway, so me, Jeremy Gillis, and Dave Harrison were a group, and we went off, and we set off last, but we came back first because mm. uh, I don't know how, but we missed out three of the checkpoints. And as a punishment, I think I had to eat a Scotch egg, which the teacher knew I didn't like. 
I mean, as punishments go, it's pretty barbaric. Yeah, this is um, this is a. I mean, oftentimes people talk about these kind of things when they get older. They look back and think, ah, actually, I learned a lot. It really was character building. But you yeah. just sound like, no, I hated it, and I've never looked back with fondness of it. And it was just this bizarre ritualistic trip. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, well, I, I do think I had my head screwed on from a young age and realised that it wasn't. I, I wasn't going to go on a night hike mm. in my everyday life, and if I was, I probably wouldn't have my a map and a compass and a whistle. And some Kendall mint cake, <laughs> but um, and and you know school, uh, you know it was a funny old place because all these times they were saying, well, you're going to need to have to, you know, learn how to use a compass and a map because mm. you can, you know, you're going to have to have a calculator because you're not going to have one in your pocket all the time. Yes, uh, you know, got and all this stuff, and it's like, well, actually, now we do. <laughs> yeah that's a good point is it a lot of those things like you're right the calculator thing and that you won't have this or you won't have a map when you, like, you, have, oh, a ma- you have a map yeah <laughs> we've you got have the a most map. high definition yeah yeah <laughs> who yeah, could have I predicted could... that yeah i know it's it's it i feel sorry for the, some of those old teachers as well that said it was such certainty that mm. we'd never have a map and a calculator i'll say well who cares i'll be watching netflix in my pocket <laughs> 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 yeah i should add as well that that making you eat a scotch egg because they know you didn't like them yeah that that's a little bit mean isn't it i mean the, uh, yeah i think that you know to, we all know that school was a very different place mm. in the 1800s um <laughs> no but it was there were there was some very odd things that went on there was one teacher i won't mention his name he'd tell you to do wally jumps where you had to go and stand and you get like 250 wally jumps, which is basically a star jump, but you mm. shout, I'm a wally, when you were at the apex of the star. And, uh, you know, I didn't mind it, because if you got into trouble and had to do 100 wally jumps, it meant that you went outside and did it while you weren't in class. And mm. I didn't mind doing jumping jacks. It's fine for me. Well, that does sound like a um, a trip that's, yeah, I can see why that's memorable. Maybe not as, sort of, no, not a glamorous trip, but a memorable one. So um, yeah. No, there was no glamorous trips. There was no, we, it wasn't, we never got to go to Barcelona or mm. Vegas. Um, but uh, I, I went a lot on, on with the choir. I was in the choir, mm. mainly because my brother was the head chorister. Uh, I wasn't very good. Mm. Um, so I, I just kept quiet at the back. But we did go on a lot of trips. But that's a lot of trips to cathedrals which aren't the most, well, they are now. Now I could go and visit a cathedral and be in awe of the, mm. you know, the splendor and the hundreds of years of history. But then they're just cold and boring. And uh, we went on a lot of those. Uh, yeah, being in the choir, I didn't really sing that loud because I wasn't very good. My brother's a great singer. We're, we've got the wrong job. <laughs> um, but then uh, I remember a time as well, this is a good one. Uh, I was also in the violin quartet. Hmm. And we got to play Leeds Town Hall. Uh, but I wasn't as good as the, at the violin as the other three. So just before we went on, my uh, violin teacher put washing up liquid on my bow. So it didn't make a sound when you ran it up and down the strings. And now that meant that the the quartet sounded great, even as a trio. Hmm. But also, man, I got a lot of praise, much like the conducting, for being... Uh, a fantastic violinist because I was, as they were concentrating on playing the violin, I was all over the shop, really acting, playing the violin. Yeah, yeah. violin. <laughs> so it looked great what I was doing, but it sounded, sounded there was no, no sound coming out. I think that's a nice story that they got, it got to the point where rather than stepping in or, or sort of quietly dissuading you, they let you carry on. And the last thing yeah. they go, I know what we'll do, we'll just make it so no one can hear him, but let him yeah. take part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not fix the exactly. problem at any other point, but. 
last no. minute. Yeah. No, and I didn't, I didn't mind. I no. was happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, in a, in a way, it sounds like it was all building towards you becoming a you know the frontman of, of a band, which is a very yeah. performative job, isn't it? And you would you actually were building these skills even because you were learning just to be a performer, not to be yeah. particularly good at the thing you were doing at that stage. Maybe not getting bogged down in in learning how to do something properly, mm. but finding my own way through that. Yeah, you know, and and, and the performance was probably better for it. And mm. I do pretty much the same thing in the band now because none of the rest of the band want to do my job because it's too energetic and it's too showy offy. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's a very important job. So um, yeah, maybe that was my first insight into the fact that hang on, I could just be the singer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. The easy yeah, one, the easy bit. Yeah, the conductor, yeah, the con- but the other way yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Well, that, this, has been, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for, for sharing all your school memories and, and talking about your, your new show and that great stuff. I think that's, it's been a re- really good fun and, um, yeah, lovely stuff. And thank you so much for taking part. Thank you very much indeed, sir. 